Hey, thanks for listening to the CMC podcast. My name is Noah Tice, and I'm the media director here at CMC. And before we get into our message, I just wanted to plug our young adult ministry, Applied Life Leaders Academy. If you've been listening to us for any amount of time, you'll know that CMC is always about the next generation of leaders. And so Applied Life Leaders Academy has been a major part of our mission for over 37 years. As an alumni of the program, I can tell you that if you know a young person with a call of leadership on their life who has a desire to grow in their personal purpose and ministry, Applied Life is a perfect fit. And for more information, visit AppliedLife.com and follow us on all social media platforms at Applied Life Leaders Academy. And now for a sermon by Pastor Paul Kern. Well, we are in a series on heroes of faith. This has been so good. I mean, I hate to like point out one particular one because I just really feel like all of them have been incredible. What Josh did last week was so good. And just the, the time and effort, you know, I, I appreciate the time and effort that um, our leaders put into the messages that they put together, it's, it's, they put work into it. And I'm, I'm grateful and appreciate, because I know, I know a lot of their schedules and <clears throat> how busy they are. So for them to really do that, it means a lot to me. But in this session, we're going to look at the faith of Moses. And, you know, I, I always think as we look at people in Scripture, I, I feel it's important for me to make sure that we understand that these were just ordinary people like us. They're, you know... I feel like sometimes when people read the Bible and they read about people within the pages of Scripture, it's like they're superhuman and they're not. They're just normal, everyday people like us trying to live out their life the best they could according to the call that God had on their life. And um, they live their lives in their generation just like we're living our life in our generation. And they faced your kinds of struggles and your kinds of hurdles. And in spite of their sins and their shortcomings God used them for their generation and that so encourages me you know I think it's easy to get focused on uh, how we miss the mark and our personalities and our shortcomings and our weaknesses and you know it's just good to remind yourself but God uses people like that he really really does so we're going to see a God of grace who took an ordinary man and he did extraordinary things through this ordinary man. A man who was trying to live by faith, all the responsibilities that God gave him to oversee. And I don't have time to go into in our 30 minutes, you know, a backdrop of Moses' life, okay? So I'm just taking for granted that you've read his story, you know about his life, and so, and, and all the events that went along with his life. So I'm just taking for granted that that part you know, if you don't, then you can certainly go back and read. It's definitely a great read as you read about all that God used Moses to do. But, you know, throughout his lifetime, there were so many some scenarios where Moses had to learn to live by faith. His calling, going before Pharaoh, the plagues, uh, leading people out of Egypt, the splitting of the Red Sea, the Ten Commandments, leading God's people in a barren wilderness, millions of people in a barren wilderness, not a blade of grass or any water or anything. He had to lead them there, just to name a few. And so in all of those difficult situations, God was teaching Moses to live by faith. And, you know, and here's the thing. That's the only way that you can learn to live by faith. You know, we're, we're doing heroes of faith. And to a certain degree, 
you can't teach faith. I mean, you can, but you can't. You know, it's kind of like, have you ever tried to describe um, how something tastes to someone who's never tasted it before? Okay, let's, let, let's just use an example. Like someone who's never had an orange in their life. And you're trying to explain to them what an orange is like. Well, it's, it's, it's wet, it's, it's tangy, it's sweet, it's juicy, it's delicious, you know. Okay, well, I mean, yeah, you, you described it, but until they bite into it themselves, they really can't know, can they? And faith is so much like that. In this session on Heroes of Faith, I want to look at five qualities that Moses learned, or better yet, that Moses lived in faith. So number one, number one, faith trusts God. And it's so simple to say, <laughs> but it's hard to do, isn't it? That's I often say it's easy to preach faith, but it's hard to live faith. Faith trusts God. Now, we all want good things to happen in our lives, but too often we want to know how and when and where and what, and, right? I mean, we all, we all want God to do those good things in our life. And, and I think sometimes, <clears throat> even at the expense of God preparing us for the good things, you know, so many good things in life that God has for us, God has to prepare us for them. You know, there's an old saying, just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? And, and a lot of our walk with God is like that. You know, and I think sometimes when it doesn't happen the way we want it to happen, we're tempted to ask, you know, when God, when? You know, when's it going to happen? And most of us need to focus on trusting God instead of focusing on the when, the where, the why, the how, and the what. That is what we tend to really put our focus on. And yet we forsake putting our focus on the thing that really matters is God in the midst of all of those questions. You know, if you're missing joy and peace, you're probably not trusting God. That's, that's usually a good sign that you're not trusting God if you're missing joy and peace in your life. If your mind feels worn out all the time, like just burdened, you're probably not trusting God. You're probably not walking in faith. And the tendency to want to know about everything is gonna be detrimental to your Christian walk. You know, this was something that I really struggled with in my early years of walking with the Lord, I spent a large part of my early Christian life being impatient. You can ask my wife. Impatient, frustrated, nothing ever happened fast enough. I, everything I wanted, it, I wanted it to happen yesterday. You know, hurry up, God. I'm whistling at him. Come on, get with it, you know. That was kind of my, my attitude about everything. And, I, and in all of that, because of God's goodness, and because of God's patience and because of God's faithfulness, I slowly begin to learn what it really looks like to live a life of faith. And the fact is, some things you don't need to know. Even though you want to know, even though you may think you need to know. There's been a lot of things I thought I needed to know. 
There was a lot of things I wanted to know. But the, but the truth of the matter is, I didn't need to know. At that moment in my life, at that season in my life, at that time in my life, that was not the important thing. And I think we prove that we trust God when we refuse to put God on the stand and make him give us all the details. I think we move into a greater place of maturity when we refuse to worry about our future. And you know, golly, there's so, so many things that go into our future, so many questions, so many pieces that have to be put together. But, but I think so much of our time of our lives is, 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 is waiting because faith is a journey. It's not so much a destination as it is a journey. It's, it's a process. Faith and growing in faith, it's a lifelong process that God is growing us in. The question, and, and you know, I just, okay. So let's say that you're in a theme park. Well, let's just use Six Flags for an example or Disney World for an example. And, you know, there's rides in theme parks. You know, there's roller coasters. And then, you know, the rides that are really, really good, the ones that everybody wants to get on are the ones with the longest lines, right? <clears throat> in, in other words, they're the ones that you have to wait on the most, the good rides. Now, the little cheap, dinky ones, there's hardly any kind of line for those things. I mean, you can circle around and go through really, really quick, you know. But the good ones, the ones that, you know, that everybody wants to ride, you get in line because why? They're worth the wait. They're worth the wait. <clears throat> now, you're in line. And here's the deal. You're going to have to wait. It's a given. So you might as well have a good attitude about it while you wait. Because you're going to have to wait. And, and using that analogy, I want to apply that to where you're at right now in your life. Are you waiting well? Are you one of those people that are standing in line and you're frustrated, and you're, you're looking, and you know, you just, and then finally it's like, I can't wait. And then you go get on the dinky ride, right? Listen, if we wait the wrong way, we'll be miserable. But if we decide to wait God's way, we can become patient, and we can walk into God's purposes and help God fulfill his plan for our lives. Now listen, this takes practice. It doesn't happen overnight. That's why I said, you know, faith isn't as much as something that you teach as it's something that you learn. Moses had to learn these steps in his life and you learn them by experience. <clears throat> but so much of our faith is developed under trial. So much of faith is birthed in adversity. It's, it's not going to come about by you never encountering problems and difficulties. Faith is going to be developed and your faith muscle is going to be strengthened 
by you facing problems and circumstances and difficulties each and every day. Now, winning over doubt and unbelief while we wait is God's plan for us. That's how God perfects himself in us as we learn to win out over doubt and unbelief as we're waiting. Now, James 1.4 says, but let endurance, steadfastness, and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people who are perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking nothing. How many of y'all like to be a person like that? That kind of believer, right? Well, let me back up because sometimes we, we like the whole perfectly, fully developed, no defects, lacking nothing. Yeah, oh, I'm in, baby. Well, let's back up. Let endurance, steadfastness, and patience have full play and do a thorough work. Oh, well, I can't just take a pill or like, you know, pray about it or no, it doesn't work like that. So God gives us hopes. He gives us dreams. He gives us certain things to believe for, things that he wants to happen in our life. But the thing is, God doesn't allow us to see the exact timing of that, nor the details of how that's going to come about. That's why God gave us the gift of faith. And I think there are times that we, you know, I, I think about back when I was younger and there were certain things I wanted to know. I'm just going to tell you right now, had I known at that time what all I was going to have to go through to get to where I am now, I would have quit a long time ago. I would have said, the heck with this line. I'm going to the dinky ride. Y'all have fun, right? I mean, am I right? I mean, I think for a lot of people, that's the thing. And, and I, I think there are times that we would give up if we knew how long certain things were going to take. But when we accept God's timing, we can learn to live in hope. We can learn to enjoy our lives while God is working out the details of what needs to happen. See, that's the cool thing about faith. As you read about faith in Hebrews, it talks about, and, and Pastor Tim, man, his sermon Sunday, wow. If you didn't hear it, go listen to it immediately. It was so good. And he talked about this, but it is so true. One of the great gifts of faith is peace. Faith will give you the gift of peace because when you live in faith, you will walk in peace, you will walk in joy, and you will walk in trust, and your goal won't be to achieve the dream or reach the end result. Your goal will be to wait well and to please God as you're waiting for that thing to come about that you know God has promised you in the first place. So you, it, just, it just removes you from all of this faithless worry, which is so awesome. All right, number two. The second thing that Moses had to learn was that faith trusts God's timing and exercises humility. Faith trusts God's timing and exercises humility. Listen, if you're, if you're not humbling yourself before the Lord on a weekly basis, 
seeking God's face, discerning God's timing, operating under the Spirit's control, if you're not doing that, you're going to make unnecessary mistakes. You will. You'll get ahead of God. You'll be behind God. You'll think God said right when he really said left. You'll think God said this when he said that. And, and one of the mistakes that you can make is trying to push and shove and force God's will prematurely in your life. See, that's what I was doing. It's like God was trying to birth a healthy dream in my life, but, but I was wanting it to come premature. Well, that won't work. That, that dream will be weak. That dream will not be able to stand the test of the fire and the difficulty. It's got to come to full maturity before God can birth it forth in our life. And, you know, I think there are so many examples in Scripture of this. Esther, for example. Who knows, but you have come to this royal position for such a time as this. God's son. But when the time had fully come... God sent his son. Timing and God's will go together. It's like wet and water. You can't separate them. And people want to separate them, but you, you, it, it's impossible to separate timing and God's will. Timing is very important in God's will and his promises being accomplished in your life. It, and, and, and like I said, it's, it's possible to want and to do the right thing at the wrong time. God can give you a dream, God can give you a vision, and it's a God-given thing. But, you know, we, we, we try to go out and self-fulfill a prophetic word that's spoken over us when we just need to leave that to God, and that's God's part. Fulfilling it is not our part. Fulfilling it is God's part. Our part is to wait in faith and trust and allow God to make that happen in our lives. So the fact is, mo most things never happen for us fast enough. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, I think most people are naturally impatient by nature. It's like, hurry up. <laughs> you know, I th well, for example, Moses. God called Moses to be a deliverer for his people. Exodus 2.12. So he looked this way and that way, and when he saw that no one was around, he struck down the Egyptian, and he hit him in the sand. Now, did God call him to be a deliverer? Yes. Did God call him to murder a man and bury him in the sand? No. Now, here's what happened. Moses looked this way, and Moses looked that way. But isn't it interesting? He didn't look up, did he? He looked horizontally, but he didn't look vertically. And we got to be so careful when God speaks to us and God gives us instructions or direction or we feel, you know, this discernment to, to move. We've got to make sure that as we're processing things and we're looking at circumstances that we calculate God into the equation of making our decision. Moses was moved by a sense of need. Moses was moved by a sense of strong emotion in that moment, but he wasn't moved by God.
I'm going to say that again because that was good. Moses was moved by a sense of need and he was moved by a, a sense of strong emotion, but he wasn't moved by God. See, he allowed his emotions to influence his response instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to direct his actions by faith. And that's what we have to learn to do in this process of following the Lord is let God direct our actions by faith. A new job, a new relationship, a move, a purchase, a ministry opportunity, a business, an investment, giving someone a word from the Lord even. Giving someone a word from the Lord. Annie Anderson's been staying with us this week. Alvin Anderson's daughter, our missionaries in Honduras, and she's been here visiting and spending some time with us. And I remember when Annie was here at the minister's conference back in January, I really felt like God spoke some things to me about her. But I clearly knew because I had learned to exercise my faith and discern the Lord's voice that it wasn't time to say anything. And see, once again, you know, you, you can have a word, but then there's got to be the right timing for the word. And one of the things that Annie told me, she said, you know, my mom and I both sensed that you had something that you wanted to say to us. We both had that conversation, but you didn't. And now looking back on it, she said, I'm so glad that you didn't say anything because, you know, the Lord was doing some things and it wasn't time for that conversation to even take place. See, we look this way and we look that way, assessing situations and circumstances, but we have to look up. You got the horizontal, but you got to have the vertical. The vertical is so important. And your flesh will almost always have you making decisions led by feelings. Your flesh will almost always have you making decisions based on need. Well, I need this right now. Well, number one, you know, what's your definition of need? Like, will you die if you don't have it? Well, no, probably not. Okay, well, then I wouldn't call that a need. That falls more into a want category, right? So it's learning how to discern God's voice. Number three, faith is confident in God's ability. Faith is confident in God's ability. God's looking for people who put their confidence in his ability not their own ability. And this is such an important lesson to learn. You know, King Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 12, he said this, he said, for we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do. You ever been, felt like you've been in that spot? I got problems that are so huge, I don't know what to do about them. I, 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 I don't have a clue. It's so overwhelming. This is such a difficult situation. It's such a hard thing. I don't have all the answers. I don't have the wisdom. I don't have the insight. I don't have the power. I don't have the ability. And this is where King Jehoshaphat was. He said, we don't know what to do, but listen to his next statement. But our eyes are on you. Wow. See, what are, where do our eyes go when we face unanswerable circumstances and situations in our life, when we face difficulties in our lives? I think oftentimes we make us the center of God's plan instead of keeping God the center of the plan. 
And it's not hard to do. I mean, I'm not being critical of anybody that's listening for doing that. I've done it lots of times. I think it's easy as a human being to make ourselves the center in God's plan instead of making God the center of the plan. You know, just the, just the solar system itself gives credence to this because does the sun orbit around the earth or does the earth orbit around the sun? Well, we ought to learn from that because God wrote the story of the word in the heavenlies. And so if we recognize that the whole movement of the earth is controlled by the gravitational pull of the sun and not vice versa. You know, the earth doesn't say, hey sun, circle around me and keep me warm. That's not the way it works. The earth circles around the sun and the sun, S-O-N, is the center of all that we do and it influences, can I have an amen? That's good, isn't it? It influences everything. Well, I didn't come up with that, God did, so. You can give him the high five for that one. See, God's not looking for men and women of great faith. I think oftentimes that's what we think. God is looking for men and women of great faith, but really what God is looking for is for men and women who will trust in his great faithfulness. That's what God is looking for. See, it was God that set a bush on fire, and it was God that turned a staff to a snake, and it was God that parted the sea, and it was God who brought water from a rock, and it was God who rained down manna, and it was God that blew in quail, almost knee deep. God did all that. See, our job is to trust and remain confident that God is capable. Let me ask you this question tonight. Do you believe that God is capable? Well, you can shake your head and say yes, but the proof of that will be seen in how you live your everyday life. Do you worry? Do you fret? Are you frustrated? Are you impatient? Are you getting irritated with God because things aren't going the way that you think they should? See, it's gonna be shown whether or not we do by how we react and how we respond. The scripture says the just shall walk by faith. The scripture says it's impossible to please God without faith. And as you face obstacles and tests daily, and we all do, my question to you is, is do you see them as a problem to root out of your life or an opportunity to build your confidence and your faith in God's ability to bless you in spite of your circumstances? See, oftentimes it's like, God, you know, I could be blessed except. Or here is the reason I'm not blessed is because. It's always tempting to think if my circumstances were different, I could be blessed. Listen, that's why God gave us faith. That's the whole reason. Moses was given some huge, huge responsibilities way outside of his ability to accomplish any of those things. And yet what God did, God was looking for a person who would trust in him, who would put their faith in him, 
and then have confidence to believe that God had the ability to do what God said he was going to do. Can I have an amen? amen? So Moses put his trust in God because in reality, it'd be impossible for him to do any of that stuff in the first place. And, you know, I think that's important for us to recognize that, you know, there's a lot of things that we face. We don't have the power, the brains, the intellect, the ability to make any of that stuff happen. But here's what we do have. We do have the ability to put our faith in the one who does. God can make it happen. When you face things beyond your ability, do you fall into faithless worry? Do you find yourself complaining? Or do you look to God and his ability to bless you in spite of your current circumstances? Number four, faith is obedient to God's instructions. Faith is obedient to God's instructions. You know, one thing that I got told when I was a young believer and God began to move in my life, I had a guy tell me, he said, listen, Paul, take it the way God gives it. Don't, don't tinker around with it. Take it the way that God gives it. It was great advice because here's what happens. So God called Moses to do all kinds of stuff. When God initially called Moses to go to Pharaoh and to talk to him, Moses' first initial response was to put himself in the middle, right? He said, God, listen, I, I stutter. I'm not your guy. I, you know, they all know me. I grew up there. Every, I'm not your guy. And then God got mad. And he, hey, who made man's mouth? Who created? Come on, Moses. Don't make this about you. And Moses just, he couldn't get past it. He said, well, God, he said, I'll tell you what, I'll go, but let Aaron go with me. Well, did God call Aaron? No. Who did God call? God called Moses. And one of the things that we have to be careful about doing is bringing an Aaron into something that God has called us to do. You know, I watch young people and they're going off to college when they get out of high school and, you know, they're kind of looking and trying to figure out, well, where are my friends going or, you know, where are they moving to or what are they going to do? And you got to be so very careful because maybe God didn't call you to bring them along with you. Maybe God intentionally is wanting to launch you out on your own without them so that he can help you build a personal relationship with him where your roots go down deep and you learn to hear and trust God. I think it's so tempting to take an easy road, a compromised detour. For example, God calls you to take a job that's outside your comfort zone. You need to be obedient to it. If God calls you to go and pray for someone and you're apprehensive or you're worried that you might miss the mark, you need to be obedient 
to it. If God calls you to serve in an area, don't wait to see whether or not somebody else is going to serve. You be obedient. See what I'm saying? Take it as God gives it. Don't tinker with it. <clears throat> as a matter of fact, rarely does God call or has ever called a group of people to do anything. All throughout the scripture, we see God going to one individual and asking that individual, will you be the one? And he sent them. He sent them. And then, as they believed in what God had called them to do, and they trusted in the God that had called them, because of that confidence in those things, other people begin to get behind that vision and support them in what God had called them to do. Listen, if you don't believe in what God has called you to do, nobody else is gonna believe in what God has called you to do. You have to have confidence in that. Most of the time when God calls you to do something, I can just promise you, it'll be bigger than you. You wanna know something else? Most of the time when God calls you to do something, you won't have the resources to do it. You won't have the money to do it. You probably won't have the abilities to do it. You'll feel inadequate for the task that God calls you to do. But as we are obedient and faithful, God will enable us to do what God has called us to do. Listen. It's God's, it's God's calling on our life that we have to submit to. Then we have to trust in the fact that, okay, if God's called me to do this, surely God is going to equip me in what I need to accomplish the mission. It's not like God's going to send me out to fail. That's not what God's going to do with us. God's not going to send us out to fail. See, it's God's to provide and it's ours to do. What God calls you to do, God will equip you to do. But it's not gonna be God's gonna equip you and then call you. It's gonna be God's gonna call you and in the process of God calling you, he's going to equip you. I love 2 Timothy 2, 2. It says, commit to faithful people who shall be able to teach others also. Now let's just think about that a minute. Commit to what kind of people? Faithful people. 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. Commit to faithful people who shall be able to teach others also. It doesn't say commit to able people. It says commit to faithful people. See, if we will provide the faithfulness, God will provide the ability. Because God, listen, God doesn't commit to talent. God doesn't commit to ability. God doesn't commit to personality. You wanna know what God commits to? God commits to obedience and faithfulness. That's what God commits to. As a matter of fact, when they were picking a king, God told Samuel, he said, look, I don't see people the way people see people. People look on the outside of the cup. I look at the heart, and this is what God's looking at. God is looking to us to be obedient to his instructions. Number five, the last one, faith follows God's call. In Hebrews 11, 
Verse 27, it says, By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Wow. Isn't that amazing? He saw him who is invisible. Moses' vision was focused. Moses' mind was made up. There was no turning back. And I think that's so important for us. You know, James, it talks about, it says, a double-minded person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. You can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom and think that you're gonna get any kind of clarity from God. No, all that's gonna do is just cloud your spiritual vision. It's gonna, it's gonna numb your spiritual ears to that still, small voice. It's gonna harden your spiritual heart to the, the soft tapping of the Holy Spirit. Moses was focused, he made up his mind, no turning back, he was committed. You know, maybe you've worked for the same company for 15 or 20 years and all of a sudden God begins to move on you to make a change or how would it be for you to let go and quit that one day? Just, just quit. Or maybe you lived in the same place as long as you can remember. I mean, that was like Egypt for Moses. He lived in the same place for as long as he could remember. That's all he had ever known. He'd never been to the promised land. He'd never been out of Egypt, but he left it. He left it because of faith. He left it because God called him. That's why he left it. God calls people. God calls you. Your calling is special to you. Your calling is not your calling. My calling is not your calling. Everybody has a calling. God calls us. We have to respond to the calling of God in our life and allow God to lead us into the direction that he wants to take us. I think a major battle for us is persons, places, and things. I think we sink our security into persons, places, and things. Persons, I mean relationships, places, I mean geographical locations, and things, I mean possessions. We seek, sink roots of security into these things, and there's nothing wrong with finding security in those things. I think God wants us to find security in all of those things, I think God designed us to have a certain amount of security that we place in relationships and in possessions and our homes and things like this. But we can't come to love them so much that we're unwilling to follow God when he calls us. You got to be willing to do what God calls you to do. If God calls you to move and go somewhere by yourself, that's what you need to do. I remember when God called me to leave Texas and come here to Arkansas, I was 23 years old and I, I had only been saved for about two weeks and I had no Christian friends. I was coming up here, I'd never been here before, I didn't know anybody that was here and God called me here and I remember, and I was new 
in the Lord. So, you know, I, I didn't know anything that I know now. And I just remember having this conversation with God. I was like, well, God, you know, what am I going to do? I don't know anybody. I don't have any friends. I was, I'd be, I was really concerned about that. Like, God, I don't have any friends. And I remember God telling me, he said, Paul, if you'll follow me, I'll give you better friends. I'll give you real friends. Wow. And boy, I tell you, it was true. Now, didn't happen overnight. Didn't happen the next week. But as we follow God's call, regardless of what everybody else is doing, that's when we're walking in faith. And God is going to, and you can almost know that it's God because you, you would never have that idea, right? You would never have the idea just to uproot yourself and go somewhere or to step into this or, or to take that risk or invest in this. I mean, you would never do that on your own. It's, it's, it's God's prompting you. God's moving you. And then you have to be willing to be faithful and to trust God and to follow his call. As I close this session, I want to challenge us all to, to have faith that trusts God, to have faith that trusts in God's timing and exercises humility, to have faith that's confident in God's ability, to have faith that's obedient to God's instructions, and faith that follows God's call. Moses is a man who is such a great example of that. Wasn't a perfect man, made a lot of mistakes, but the one thing that Moses did have going for him is Moses had faith. And because he had faith, it pleased God. And God used Moses to make a huge difference in his generation. And isn't that what we all want? We want our lives to count and make a difference. I don't want to live my life for myself. I don't want to enter into eternity and miss the call and the plan that God had for me. I don't want to hear God say, Paul, here was the beginning of your life. And there's the end of your life. And you made it right about here. That's, nobody wants to hear that. What we want to hear is well done, good and faithful servant enter into the joy that I have prepared for you. Well, the only way that you're going to do that is you live your life by faith. Amen? Did y'all get something out of this? Amen. God bless you. Stand up. Let's pray. Let's pray. Come on. Let's just really pray here just a second. Let's just bow our heads and let's just pray. Lord, help us. Right where you're at. Just you and God. Nobody else. Lord, help me to live the kind of faith that pleases you. Lord, forgive me when I become frustrated and impatient. Lord, help me to keep my confidence in you. Help me not to be moved by emotion or my current circumstances, God, help me to see that your purpose 
is playing out in my life right now in the season that I'm in. The job I'm in, the place I'm in, the people I'm with, what I'm doing, you're in the middle of it, God. And Father, I thank you. I thank you, I love you. I'm grateful to you, God, for your faithfulness. Lord, continue to be patient with me. As I learn to put my faith and my trust in you. Lead, guide, and direct me, Lord. Wherever you say to go, God, I'll go. Whatever you say to do, Lord, I'll do. Whatever you ask me to lay down, I'll lay down. Whatever you ask me to pick up, I'll pick up. And God, I don't have to have all the answers. All I have to have is you. Because I know if you go before me, that my plans will succeed. So Father, I thank you, and I love you, and I praise you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen. Have a great night. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.